Section 15 of Days on the Road, Crossing the Plains in 1865 by Sarah Raymond Herndon. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The End of Our Journey Mrs. Curry, Sim, Hillhouse, and I are going to town as soon as Mrs. Curry is ready. We held a council whether we should get out our street suits and last summer's hats, or go in our emigrant outfits, sunbonnets and short dresses, thick shoes and all, decided in favor of the latter. No doubt the people of Virginia are used to seeing emigrants in emigrant outfits, and we will not astonish them. Evening We were not very favorably impressed with Virginia City. It is the shabbiest town I ever saw, not a really good house in it. Hillhouse and I, after hunting up and down the two most respectable-looking streets, found a log cabin with two rooms that we rented for eight dollars per month. Mrs. Curry did not find a house at all. We thought, as so many were leaving, there would be an abundance of vacant houses but there were enough living in tents to fill all the houses that were vacated. Mr. Curry's folks and Mr. Kennedy will go to Helena. Mr. Bower has a ranch on the Madison Valley. Mr. Grier will stay here for a while, anyway. The cabin is on the corner of Wallace and Hamilton Streets, next door to the city butcher. The cabin has a dirt roof. There is a floor in it, and that is better than some have. It is neat and clean, which is a comfort. Men have not batched in it. We found quite a budget of letters at the post office, the most important of which are from Brother Mac and Frank Kerfoot. Mac's Letter Cincinnati, August 10, 1865 Dear Mother, sister and brothers it is with fear and trembling that i pen this letter i have not heard from you for more than a month telling me you had decided to go to montana the papers are full of accounts of indian depredations i have realized to the fullest extent that hope deferred maketh the heart sick in your last letter you had decided to go to virginia city so I will direct this letter to be held until called for. I am glad you are not going any further west. I cannot conceive why you wanted to go to that far-off wild western country. I do wish you had stopped at Omaha or St. Joe or even Denver. It would have been better than Montana. With sincerest love to all, your son and brother, Mac. But, oh, the sad, sad news comes in Frank's letter. Neely is dead. Oh, the anguish of soul, the desolateness of heart, that one sentence gives expression to. Frank's letter. Green River, Wyoming Territory, August 18th. Dear Miss Sally, I write to tell you of our very great sorrow precious Neely is gone. We are all sorely bereaved. 
but how uncle ezra's family can ever get along without her i cannot see any member of the family except uncle could be spared better than neelie she got very much better and the doctor said if uncle would stay there another week he was sure neelie would be well enough to travel without danger of a relapse but if she had another relapse she could not be saved the hardenbrook train left monday morning mrs hardenbrook was much better the gatewoods and ryan stayed with us neelie was much better she sat up in bed some that night uncle ezra did not sleep at all he was so afraid of indians the next morning as neelie had a good night's rest and was feeling stronger nothing else would do but we must move on to green river where the soldiers are we started about nine o'clock and drove twenty-five miles without stopping it was very hot and dusty uncle drove the family wagon and watched neelie carefully after a time she seemed to be sleeping quietly so he thought she was all right but it was the sleep from which there is no awakening in this life dr howard and dr fletcher were both at green river and they both worked all night trying to arouse her but without success at early dawn neelie's sweet spirit took its flight and we are left desolate miss sally do you remember carpenter the young man that made uncle ezra so mad by pretending to go into hysterics when the ryan girls were leaving the train when he heard that neelie was gone he went out on the mountain and found a large smooth flat stone white as marble but not so hard and engraved neelie's name age and date of her death on it to mark her resting place he worked all day upon it and at the funeral he placed it at the head of her grave and if you ever go over this road it will not be hard to find neelie's grave we gathered wild flowers and literally covered her grave with them darling neelie our loss is her gain for we all know that she was an earnest devoted christian we will start on our now sorrowful journey tomorrow i wish you were here to go with us but hope you will be successful where you are and happy too mrs hardenbrook was much worse after they came here that hot dusty drive was hard on well people for sick people it was terrible when neelie died she was very low but she has rallied and the rest of the train will move on tomorrow but mr hardenbrook will stay here with his wife until she is entirely restored and they will go to virginia city on the coach i'll send love to you all aunt mildred asked me to write you very sincerely your friend frank i believe i am homesick this evening it is so dreary to go into a strange place and meet so many people and not one familiar face but i must not complain for we are all here 
not even caesar missing my heart aches so for the kerfoots i do not know how they can bear this terrible bereavement under such trying circumstances tuesday september sixth mr curry's folks have started to helena mr bowers to the madison valley and mr kennedy with them to drive his team leaving mrs kennedy with us until tomorrow when they will take the coach for helena we moved into our cabin this morning it does not seem as much like home as the wagons did and i believe we are all homesick if we would acknowledge it the boys found a checkerboard nailed on the window where a pane of glass was broken out we pasted paper over the place they made checkermen out of pasteboard and sim and winthrop are having a game hillhouse is reading the montana post mother is making bread and initiating mrs kennedy into the mysteries of yeast and bread making as hillhouse was on his way to the butcher shop he passed an auction sale of household goods the auctioneer was crying a beautiful porcelain lamp he stopped to make the first bid one dollar he called there were no other bids and he got the lamp his first purchase in virginia city he has it yet when he brought it home with the meat he went to get mother said what is the use of the lamp without a chimney so he went to purchase a chimney after dinner and coal oil to burn in the lamp he had to pay two dollars and fifty cents for a chimney and five dollars for a gallon of coal oil so our light is rather expensive after all and thus ends our first day in virginia city and brings crossing the plains and mountains in eighteen sixty five to an end by s r h afterward a letter from dr howard reminiscences of the plains by dr howard editor husbandman through your kindness to mrs howard we are a reader of your excellent journal hence a few months ago our eyes fell upon reminiscences of pilgrimage across the plains in eighteen sixty five by s r h and at once recognized the writer as the lady who rode the gallant bay and now sir as we were a humble member of the gallant mcmahon train frequently referred to in her interesting journal permit me through the columns of your paper to tender her the thanks and gratitude not only of ourselves but every surviving member of that train for affording us the pleasure of again traveling that eventful road without the fatigue and hardships of a long and tiresome journey and even now after the lapse of fifteen years to be so pleasantly reminded of our gallant bearing and the confidence reposed in us for protection while passing through the indian country we almost regret that the savages did not give us a striking opportunity of displaying our prowess it was our pleasure to form the acquaintance of the writer 
as correctly stated on the north bank of the south platte near the foot of fremont's orchard the present editor of the husbandman then a beardless youth had been suffering with typho malarial fever from the time we left nebraska city and we visited her camp ostensibly begging bread and obtained as good as was ever baked upon the plains from this time on at least for some hundreds of miles it was our pleasure to meet her on the road and in camp we were in different trains but camped near each other every night for protection from the indians very soon somehow or other when our trains were preparing to drive out every morning and miss r was mounting dick we were in the act of mounting our pony joe and even at this day in thinking over the matter i am induced to believe that our ponies became somewhat attached to each other as they would instinctively fall into each other's company this was the state of affairs existing at elk mountain where the bouquet was gathered and presented and where it is frankly admitted we became somewhat partial well do we recollect the crossing of north platte that turbulent stream on the fort halleck route train after train was crossing all day long we were standing on the bank with captain mcmahon when the hardenbrook train the one in which she was traveling approached the crossing and we discovered miss raymond on the front seat of the wagon with lines in hand in the attitude of driving we remarked good gracious look yonder is it possible miss raymond is going to drive that team across this terrible stream alone now said captain mcmahon is the time to show your gallantry and before we could think twice she drove bravely in of course we mounted joe and followed after her and here on a little island in the middle of the river is where we rode up and congratulated her on her skill as a driver as we approached the place of our destination our trains became separated miss r preceded us a few days to the golden city it was our pleasure however to visit her in the little domicile mentioned in her narrative and talk our troubles over our journey through at last and in her happy presence we forgot the gloomy past we sojourned in virginia city but a short time then crossed a tributary of the missouri river near their confluence and wintered at diamond city confederate gulch the june following we returned to our native state a year after our return captain mcmahon and myself received cards announcing the nuptials of miss raymond and mr herndon which cards now occupy receivers on our centre tables for which we were ever thankful and at which time of course the bouquet crumbled to dust and now wishing the lady who rode the gallant bay and the lucky gentleman whose home she makes happy long life and the enjoyment of a montana home i am truly yours w howard end of section 15 and 
End of Days on the Road, Crossing the Plains in 1865 by Sarah Raymond Herndon Read by Sue Anderson